Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the Man in the Cannon podcast, a podcast about hockey and our hometown favorites, the Columbus Blue Jackets, brought to you here in the D-Gen Den with my buddies, Mr. Locon. What's up, D-Gen Nation? Mr. Locon coming at you live. And our boy, Tour. Not behind the boards tonight, but be talking some hockey. Evening, gentlemen. It's a little bit different being over on this side of the boards. All right, boys, let's get to some hockey. I love it. Tour is on the other side, not man in the boards. We have Hooch man in the boards, and I am a new addition, Mr. Locon, uh, and I'm excited to be here on the Man in the Cannon podcast. We're going to talk about Columbus Blue Jackets hockey and all of the wonderful and horrible things that go along with being a fan of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Am I right or am I right? Can right. confirm. Yep, you're right. I'm excited, guys. Let's, let's have a... F- a freaking CBJ pod, yeah? Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. All right, cool. First, hey, if you're listening to this, then you're probably, you know, somewhat of a relatively big fan of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So we're going to jump right into the biggest headline, storyline that we have for you today. And that is talking about uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, PLD. Uh, a couple of days ago, uh, actually, on I believe on New Year's Eve, the Athletics Pierre Lebrun reported... Uh, PLD is seeking uh, a change of scenery, as as he put it. And at the time, that kind of came out, and nobody really thought it had any weight to it. There wasn't really much to back it up, because literally two hours later, Pierre-Luc Dubois ends up signing an extension with the Columbus Blue Jackets for two years and $10 million. Um, but the thing is, is now that camp has started, we've started camp a couple of days ago, and Aaron Portsline and a couple of writers have been asking Pierre-Luc and, and some of the Blue Jackets management and coaching staff about this. And there does seem to be some legitimate weight to this that apparently Pierre-Luc Dubois has indeed uh, respectfully requested a move with the club. Now, nobody's come out and confirmed that or denied that in any particular way. But Pierre-Luc has said, you know, the typical stereotypical thing. This is between me and the organization. The, the conversations are, are private, and they're going to remain that way. So he's, he's pretty much been as professional about it as he can. But, but let's, let's break this down a little bit. Let's talk about uh, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois possibly wanting to leave the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I mean, I, we've seen it over the last couple of years with several different guys, Bob, Breadman, um, guys just wanting to leave. Um, <sighs> PLD, he really didn't have a, a, any choice or say in the matter. He's an RFA. Absolutely. Um, and I believe he's going to be an RFA even after these two years as well. That is correct. So it's going to be interesting come two years when that's up. Um, I think as a club, I think that if we make a bigger push um, through the playoffs, that's going to help. Um, but, yeah, I don't want him to leave. But he, it, we've oh, kind of got him strong-armed right now. If he leaves, whatever. Bye-bye. Don't let the door hit you with the good Lord split. Yeah. See, we'll, that, we'll move on. I, I am so for that mindset because, and I, usually I'm not so much, um, you know, the whole, you know, if you get out of, get out of town, if you don't want to be a part of this organization, then whatever. But uh, I, I kind of am now. I'm starting to feel that way a little bit because it's become such a little bit, uh, you know, at least a little bit of a trend. And yeah, we do have it's some, been, a, been a jab and like this whole, and I wasn't that way either until this whole until the bread deal happened. He's like, "Oh, I just want a garage." And oh, I'm, around, and I'm like, Panarin. I could call like 15 people in Columbus with a garage right now right? that he could use. You know, <laughs> so it's like, all right, 
I'm tired of this dog and pony show. Yeah. But you know, there's I've I've got some feelings on why these young guns um, want to go. So let's be clear here. Yes, yeah, so Hooch, chime in. Uh, yeah. Uh, my whole thing with it, <laughs> he's you he know, raised talking his hand about <laughs> first off, so we had to acknowledge him. I'm way more of a football guy, but um, you know, when we're, when we're talking about professional athletes compared to like high school athletes. Mm-hmm. They're still going to play. Pierre-Luc Dubois is probably still our best player, mm-hmm. um, especially on the offensive end. You know, keeping him around, even though he's not happy, he's not going to play any less. He still wants, you know, even if he does get moved, you know, he still wants that opportunity. People aren't going to like him if he ain't going to play. Sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you on the, you know, F you if you don't want to be in Columbus, get the hell out of here. No, to hell with you. You're under contract. You're a professional athlete you are going to play for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Absolutely. And he's and he's been very professional in saying that that is exactly what he's going to do. He said uh, as, as camp is open, he's obviously been asked about it because uh, the news broke literally like the day that NHL training camps were opening. So obviously one of literally the first questionnaire in Portsline asks him is, you know, PLD, what's up with all these rumors that you want to leave town? And and, you know, he's he's saying, look, this is not going to be a dis- this is I'm not going to I'm going to try to make this as least of a distraction as I possibly can. I'm going to be the best teammate that I possibly can be. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to score as many goals for the Columbus Blue Jackets as I possibly can. And, you know, I respect that a lot. Don't get me wrong. Like, and, and that is for sure. But at the same time, it's like, and we'll get into this here and talking about what, can we figure out why this is happening or, or what's going on? But the fact of the matter was, is that we drafted Pierre-Luc Dubois. So as an organization, the Columbus Blue Jackets have rights to him for seven years. And, you know, we still have him for another four years. Whether or not he wants to leave or not, we don't have to trade him. We don't have to do shit. Okay, we could keep him and force him to play for us if we wanted to for the next four years. If he wants to play in the NHL and we don't want to trade him, he will have to play for the Columbus Blue Jackets at least for the next four years. And I think, I, I, you know, he's obviously a smart kid. I think he's going to understand that it's not like he can go out there and suck. Right. What oh, yeah, city's going to want him if he goes out there and sucks? Absolutely. You know? Oh, sorry you made $10 million and you got to live in Columbus. Yeah. Ooh, oh, I'm so sorry. Players, players like Pierre-Luc Dubois don't suck on purpose. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Just because they're unhappy. That he's with not going at. to throw a season and right. put up just terrible numbers to try to get moved because – all these other teams, Nashville, wherever else he wants to go, maybe a warm weather city, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're gonna look at it and they're like, "Why'd you suck this year?" Yeah, and rumors are gonna let that happen twice. You know, this is absolutely based on no factual evidence whatsoever. But rumors have it, or rumor has it that you know he is a, 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 a Quebec native. He played in the, I believe he played in the QM8 Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. I'm sorry. So he's he's one of those Montreal kind of types of guys. Rumor has it that, you know, he wants to play for a on a bigger stage as it was put so eloquently just a couple of days ago. Uh, so Mo, you know, Montreal comes to mind because that's the area he's from. It's probably one of the largest markets for the NHL or for hockey on the planet. Uh, one of the most popular teams of all time. Blah blah blah. I'm sick of hearing about the Habs. I don't give a fuck. Uh, come to Columbus if you want to win a Stanley Cup, and and if you don't, then then fine. Leave after four years. We'll see you later. And if we can get a good return for Pierre Luc Dubois during these next four years, you know Yarmo is looking for to move these pieces around as best he can. He's always talking about how first and foremost, we're if we're ever going to make a move, it's it's going to be to try to make the Columbus Blue Jackets a better team. So 
here's how it stands. He, he has a two-year deal. He'll be a restricted free agent at the end of those two years, um, and he'll have two years left until he can reach uh, unrestricted free agency. So at that point, we'll have to make another deal for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, if he wants to play in the league, maybe, you know, maybe if things turn around, he could sign a long-term deal. But uh, he could also ultimately sign another two-year deal, which would land him at the end of that contract. He'll be an unrestricted free agent, and he's free to go wherever he may choose. Um, but I am rooting for Pierre-Luc Dubois this year. But the thing is, is it's like Pan Artemi Panarin, Sergei Bobrovsky, Josh Anderson, Ryan Johansson, uh, Ry and Rijo and Josh Anderson are excellent examples of of uh, examples of the Columbus Blue Jackets having trouble signing a player to a new contract after their entry le entry level deal. We're having trouble signing our restricted free agents, and so let's talk about that. Why that is? Why do we think this is happening? So I think I I think it's pretty clear. I think first and foremost. To keep these young studs like this, Columbus has to win a cup. They can go to any other major market. I which love is a the lot sound of that. Yeah. Bigger market yeah. than Columbus. If they're not going to win a cup, they can go hang out in Nashville. Nashville as a city is the tits. I yeah, mean, absolutely. You know, who they, doesn't love going to Nashville? Right, exactly. Right? You know, time. Or they can go to any other major metro in in the country and play hockey. And it just they're just sexier cities than Columbus. Sure. You know. So if they're like, well, if I'm going to be on a team that isn't winning a cup and I'm still going to make millions, I'd rather be in a bigger city. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd rather be in a Chicago, in a New York, in a Nashville, in warm weather like Florida, somewhere like that, uh, L.A., you know, things like that. I think that if you're going to make Columbus sexy as a hockey town, it starts with a cup. Sure, I can agree with that. You know, because when everybody, when you ask random people that aren't even hockey fans, you know what what they know of columbus it's the buckeyes you uh, know and you look if you look at a lot of these guys if you look at uh felino cam guys like that they're family men you yep. know they love the city because it's mega family friendly you get these young studs andy pld bread they're young guns they're just trying to go out when they're not playing hockey they want to go out and just bang out and have a good ass time <laughs> in the city you know so it's like time. they're like well if i don't get to win a cup i want to be in a city that my free time is spent with models sure. and you know everything else so the upside for these cities that aren't winning a cup are a lot higher we than need to the city recruit of columbus. sexy chicks right we just need to recruit all of the sexy chicks Bring them to Columbus. I mean, Ohio State has some of the, the sexiest girls. Oh, I'm not saying there's not. I'm just saying maybe That's if we add we some go. more sexy We chicks. just need to bring them down to High Street. Yeah. Get and them in that's the short where they north. need to be. I, I, I think it's a culture. I think it's really just a culture thing. Um, you know, when, when you're talking about these these cities, you know, I'm a, right. I'm a big Green Bay fan. You know, it's cold up there. There ain't a whole lot of there ain't a whole lot of infrastructure. There ain't a lot of shit to do up in Green Bay. Um, you know, NFL is a little bit different. You know, once season's over, you leave, you go do your own thing. And, you know, hockey's long, a lot longer than, than that season. So, I mean, it, it is a little bit different in that aspect. But uh, at the same time, man, I mean, there's a season and there's the off season. I mean, you know, there ain't that much different to Columbus. Columbus does have a culture of 
you know, it's Ohio. Ohio has this, they, they have that culture of Ohio like, till I die. Ohio till I die. I love my brownies. I love my bangles. I love all these sucky ass teams, regardless hey, of hey, how. We made the, the Browns made the playoffs this year. I said, I said, I said what I said, what I said. No, I'm just, <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of them are looking up, but I mean, like, you know, Ohio State, you know, we, we liked Ohio State even when, you know, Cooper was losing in Michigan, you know, yeah. nine out of 10 years. Yeah, you know it, it. It sucked, but you know. I think I think that's that's true. You know the culture, um, players who come from hockey traditional towns or they're br- born and bred in the hockey. Yeah, like ori- absolutely original six towns. They look at Columbus as an afterthought almost, you know? Well, it used to be like that. I mean, me and you used to go to games back in the early 2000s, and there'd be— Oh, no, I, I absolutely—I hear you loud and clear. Right? It, but it's different, though. It's different now. It's different. There it's- are tons of fans of this team, and we have some of the best fans oh, in the massive. NHL. Yeah. You know, we're, we're filling up Nationwide Arena night in and night out. Yep. Um, can't tell you how much fun it is in that area, too, how much it's grown over the years. The past 20 years, the Arena District has become one of the most— fun and popular places to go in the, in the entire city it's massive but that that now we're talking to fans sure. you know now we're talking to fans about how great columbus is for being a blue jackets fan you yeah. know yeah if we're if we're talking about the actual players it'd be different if Brad drove out of the arena and then just parked down the street and walked over to our bar after the game right you know yeah and things like that if they were doing stuff like that They'd probably stay because we can get a little rowdy after games. I've ran into a couple of the players at a couple of the bars after afterwards, but um, I've never seen Artemi Panarin there, unfortunately. Yeah, I know what you mean. Let's circle back. Excuse me. Let's circle back to your idea of winning a cup first. Like that has to be that has to be the the first goal if we want to keep a majority of the players and we want to attract. The, the best players in the world to come play for the Columbus Blue Jackets. One of the best ways that you can do that is to win a cup, right? Absolutely. And what, what happens when you do that, though? What happens when you win a cup? The, the, the fan base explodes, oh, right? Yeah. It would grow. I, listen, I, I'm saying if the Blue Jackets win a cup, it's, not, it's probably still not going to be as big as the, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Look, people just live and breathe Ohio State football around here. I'm the I'm an exception. I love Ohio State football, but I bleed Columbus Blue Jackets hockey. And and you know there people like me, there's there's more and more of us coming to life every single day. For sure. So winning a cup would just explode this franchise into into another level and I think that would you know that would give us some credence and some uh some uh, give us a stamp yeah. well, on the I franchise. Yeah, well, I think it helps for the city of Columbus that the crew just won. Absolutely. You and know? the crew's stadium is fucking going to be beautiful. Yeah, so. I, I always park when I go to CBJ games at the parking lot right across from where they're building, and that's going to be gone. I mean, they're going to yeah. charge like $35 to park there instead of my 5 bucks. Yeah. So that'll be sick. So that's going to be the hot. That whole, but, that whole I mean, area is going to be the amazing. The crew helping is, is huge just for the city of Columbus alone. Save to the crew. You know? Um, but it, it's really going to be winning a cup is going to amplify these guys will overlook, you know, the not as sexiness of Columbus. Mm-hmm. If it means, hey, yeah. we're, we're playing for a cup or the, we just the, want a cup. The thing is, though, is like my point and my argument is like we're doing that already. And we've been doing that for the past like five years. We have been in the playoffs where we've been. 
albeit we we do kind of barely scrape in every year, but that's just because the Metropolitan Division has been so fucking good. We've had to play the Washington Capitals. We've had to play the Pittsburgh Penguins. We've had to play against Carolina Hurricanes, Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, and the division has just been so tight for the past four years. You, you want to win a cup? Play the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round of the playoffs, right? Tampa Bay. Uh, fucking the Bruins in the second round. Columbus. Yeah, Washington Capitals, Pittsburgh Penguins, right? They're all winning cups playing the Blue Jackets in the first fucking round of the playoffs, yep. and I'm sick of it. But, okay, let's, let's – okay, maybe it's a little bit of the city because it's not fucking Montreal and it's not New York City. Right, okay, I get that. I understand. If you want to live in the mountains or if you want to live, uh, you know, by a sandy, beautiful beach, I'm sorry, Columbus just isn't that – is not going right. to be that location. We have, to, we have to lure them with cups. What about – let's move on. Let's, what, what about is – it, is it Yarmo Kekalainen? Could it be our general manager is an asshole in negotiating some of these deals? You know, these restricted free agents come up every year and every time, especially with uh, let's talk about Ryan Johansson's contract a couple of years ago. He ended up holding out at the beginning of training camp. Negotiations were reportedly very, you know, we're not going well with him and his agent. Everything was was, you know, everything was in bad, bad form, bad tune. Uh, same thing kind of under apparently with Josh Anderson with these last contract talks. And we ended up having to eventually move him because he didn't want to sign his long-term deal with Columbus. Um, and now we're kind of hearing about it with Pierre-Luc Dubois. We didn't sign him till like three days left before camp. He was negotiating with Yarmo Kekalainen for over a year. Is it Yarmo? It, it, it very well may be Yarmo. And obviously, we will never see that side of Yarmo. We get right. to see the, the nice. Total speculation. We have absolutely no scientific evidence or data to back this up. Correct. But we have no I mean, idea what you we know, are talking every about. Every interview we see. When I watch Yarmo, when we interview him, I'm like, how do you not love this guy? Like, I love Yarmo. He's just articulate and everything like that. So, at least from our standpoint on this side of the glass, like, I love him, but I can also see where. We now have a pattern of possible strong arming from Yarmo with these contract talks, with money talks, and things like that. That that's going to get to players. You know, I think PLD was a little bit of Torts mixed in there as well. You know, um, but when Torts got on him, he played better. Yeah, he had a hat trick in the playoffs against Toronto. When so, Torts, Torts ringed his ass on the bench. Yeah, and you could v- literally watch them yell at each other back and forth on the bench. And what happened? Uh, we won in overtime against the Maple Leafs. Yeah. He, so, okay, here's my – okay, real quick, I want to touch on this because I know Hooch wants to chime in, but he reported has also reportedly said he wants to play or maybe have a bigger stage. And I'm just like, how much bigger of a stage do you need, bro? You're, on, you're in the NHL, and we just beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, arguably, again, one of the biggest franchises in the entire world. People in Toronto that, – that's one of the biggest fan bases – that was the talk of the NHL all, you know, the, the, the entire beginning, that first entry round of the playoffs. That's what people were talking about. So that's a big enough stage, in my opinion. I was just going to say about Yarmo, like, how hard is it to be a GM in the NHL? You have just the language barrier oh, to begin yeah, with because absolutely. you're not even talking to the players. You're talking to their agents. So most of them probably have agents uh, from their respective countries. And, you know, Yarmo's already foreign as well 
Finnish. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. He he's Finnish. So, yeah. So I mean, like, I mean, he's a rough speaker too. When he talks, he is very to the point. Yeah. And I bet he, I bet he might rub a couple people wrong. But at the same time, like, I do love, I do love the man. I mean, he likes to make moves. That's all I, that's all I got to say about that. Because when when you're when when you need something, he was always willing to go out and try to get that something. I'll like always allow. Columbus to be a revolving door of players if we keep making the playoffs. Sure, absolutely. You know, yeah. I don't have to have a single loyalty to a single player if we keep making the playoffs. Here's because that gives us a chance uh, at the dance. I agree. I can agree with that to a point. But here's my thing on it is like, eventually, you see these teams who do win cups. They have players. They have a core group of excellent players. Okay, the, the Lightning, Victor Hedman, Nikita Kucherov, uh, that that comes to mind. St. Louis. Right, uh, Washington with Ovechkin, Pittsburgh with Crosby and Malkin, like all these guys are mega superstars. We just, we've had them. We know we had Artemi Panarin, we had Josh Anderson, we have Pierre Luc Dubois. Can we can we finish the job this year? Can we get it done? That's the thing. The the Josh Anderson deal not. God, I'm gonna miss Josh Anderson. Is what oh. is what burned me the most because he was an enforcer, man. He's a, and and we need those guys, man. In I'd the have, playoffs, I'd have gave him the farm. I'd have gave Josh. We Anderson tried the absolute farm and then some. I mean, just it it it, it would have been ridiculous. So okay, could be Yarmo, could be the city of Columbus. What about Torts? Is it John Tortorella? You know, John Tortorella has this crazy history of being, you know. In his young, in his earlier years as an NHL coach, when he was coaching for the New York Rangers, uh, apparently he was, you know, and I, I, there's no other way to put it. Apparently he was an asshole, rubbed off on players the wrong way, right? Uh, Tampa Bay, same kinds of same kind of thing. But hey, man, the dude won a Stanley Cup down in Tampa. Then the the all the infamous one year bout in Vancouver, where, <laughs> needless to say, or to say the least, it did not go well. Ever since that man has been the head coach, one of the year Columbus one Blue year is never good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was bad. Yeah, uh, he got in like a fist fight in the locker room with like people and shit. You guys remember Hell that? Yeah. But ever since that man, ever since Yarmo and, and John Davidson gave that man a chance to come and coach again in the National Hockey League as the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, he has been nothing short of absolutely one hundred percent professional, and. You know, he's a Jack Adams winner. He's a coach of one of the uh, winner of the Coach of the Year award. He's completely changed the way that we uh, win and play hockey games here in Columbus. Ever since he's come, we've made the playoffs just about every year, except for the first year when he took over for John Davidson. So, and, and here's my—he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's the all-time winningest American-born hockey coach in the NHL. So, but again. He tends to rub people the wrong way sometimes. Players. Players, yes. Because he demands the most out of his players, and he demands the best. And, and you know, if, if, if you don't if – you, if you have a hard time dealing with criticism that way, sure, that can rub you the wrong way. I, I don't I – don't, but at, at the same time, I, I, I see it as – Do you think it's a style? Do you think maybe it's more of a style of play than anything – Really, uh, it could be. He, he does play a different. He does play a, a brute style of of offense. Of well, that was that was mainly like last year's style of play, because the year before you know, we were wide open. I mean, we were flying up and down the ice. We were 
but we had Artemi Panarin. Like, don't get me wrong, like that's it's just a completely different style of play that you can afford to 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 play. You can take chances up the ice and leave your goalie in the background when you know you have somebody like Sergei Bobrovsky back there who was playing out of his out of his mind for six years. Anyway, when you lose that, you know, you can't go up the ice as much. You have to keep your D back a little bit, play a little bit more defensive. And that's what last year was all about. He was focused on, you know, trying to, because the year before the motto was safe is death. You know, we can't be safe. We have to attack. Last year, it was almost the exact opposite. We have to learn how to play in our own zone before we can get up and try to, you know, score four or five goals a game. We were we were winning games three to two. We were winning one goal hockey games, low scoring games. Now, this year, right, he's opening that he's his he's I've heard him, he's still searching for the right words to put it. Uh, he's looking for that that motto, the terms that he's going to use this year and how to describe how we're going to play because he wants to open it up a little bit more this year because we know what we have in goal. We have Eunice Corposalo, an excellent goaltender who's proven himself for a few years now. And we have a budding young star in Elvis Merzlikens. So I think Tortorella's style is going to change a lot this year, and maybe that helps things for Pierre-Luc Dubois. You know, maybe he's a little bit more satisfied. If it is a style of play thing, like you mentioned, maybe he becomes a little bit more satisfied with the way things are happening. Maybe he enjoys playing the way that we're playing now a little bit because he's starting on a line with Alexander Texier and Oliver Bjorkstrand, right? Those two fucking guys are going to be studs. They're, oh, yeah. They're, they're young yep. studs, right? They're, they're goal scorers. They're playmakers. And we got to lean on them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So if it's, not, if it's not any of those things, then I, I just I, I don't know what it is, man, but there just seems to be this trend of, of, of restricted free agents having trouble signing their, their second contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yep. Camp opened this week. It's hockey season, right? God, I'm just so excited to just say that. It just feels good that there's like actually going to be hockey on television. It makes and, me very like, next happy. Week. Yeah. yeah, next week. Yeah. Week from well, yeah, yeah. We're like seven days out. Yeah, it's going to be the titties. Um, so camp opened and on ice training actually started uh, yesterday. I think we us. actually have two exhibitions coming up that they're going to try to live stream. Oh, really? I yes. have not heard this? Yes. Enlighten me. Please tell me a little uh, bit more. I, so I Where'd you, where'd you see that? CBJ and 30. Uh, I was listening to it the other night. Um, they like were in, in game or in uh, squad, inner squad inner scrimmages? Squad, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, okay. Just a couple of inner squad scrimmages um, later in the week. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready for that. I saw some pictures uh, today on the Twitter sphere that there were already fans standing outside of the arena watching them practice today. Um, but we don't no have any fans us. here in Columbus. Yeah. So, so speaking of camp opening up, so do we have any big names? Uh, I know we don't have any big names from Columbus, really, that opted out of the season. But I know a couple of big names did opt out of the season. You got any of those? For the NHL, you mean? Yes. No, Columbus has brought back all of their players. Nobody right. has opted out. Right. But uh, I think Nikita Kucherov. Nikita Kucherov was he's injured. He's injured, so he's yeah. going on injured reserve for the whole year. I think he had surgery Correct. after the season. Yep. So I, I did see that. Um, and then Jonathan uh, Taves has is going to be out this year for the Chicago Blackhawks, and that's in our division this year. Yeah. So that's huge. 
Yeah, uh, because because the, the season because the season just ended. So like normally these guys, you know, they get their you know they go through the season, they get their surgeries done, and then uh, you know you get a couple months off, and then boom, you're back in there. But these guys don't have that option this year. Uh, you know, the season's starting so early, um, especially like um, uh, who's the other the the goalie that's been there for 150 years? Where? Uh, uh, New York Rangers. He's, oh, Lundqvist. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been diagnosed with a strange heart condition. Uh, he signed with Washington, and now he's he's also out for the year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so there are there are reports of couple some, couple big names. Yeah, that is, that is a good point. Uh, but no, as far as Columbus's roster is concerned, uh, everybody seems to be healthy. I, I take that back. There is an exception. Gus Nyquist, of course, has uh, yep. uh, had a lingering shoulder, apparently a lingering shoulder in- injury, and they decided to go ahead and have surgery. Geez, uh, yeah, it's, that's probably been two months ago now, and I think he was projected like five or six months out. So we're looking still at probably about another four-ish months. Yeah, but I'm not positive. About the time we make it into the playoffs. Yeah, about the time the playoffs roll around. Yep, yep. That would be fucking fantastic if we could get uh, Gus yeah, Nyquist back. Oh, yeah. Right? As he, the he's playoffs the Gus bus of the NHL for me. <laughs> Gus bus. Love I love it. I got the camp roster right here. I'm going to I'm gonna throw out some names at you guys, and, and we're just going to talk, you know, just a little bit about them, what what we know about them, what we like, um, and, you know, things like that. So, first and foremost, I'm throwing out Max Domi, okay? Trade acquired from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for Do- Josh Anderson. He's coming over here. Um, he is obviously the – if you guys don't know, anybody listening to the podcast, he is the son of Ty Domi, probably one of the most uh, recognizable people – on the planet in the uh, great country of Canada. And if you're a Canadian, you know who Ty Domi is. Like, he played for the Toronto Maple Leafs for a long time. Huge, huge face of the NHL. We got his son, Max, uh, coming over from the Montreal Canadiens. And you know what? I'm, I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited to get him down the middle of the ice. Gives us some solid depth behind Pierre-Luc Dubois, which we have not really had uh, since he's been here. You know, we've, we've played with Jenner in the center, for so long, we've had Jenner in the in the middle, and we've had Alex Wenberg in the in the middle. Oh, Wenberg's gone. Hallelujah. No, I like Wenberg. I'm just I'm just kind of I'm kidding. I think he's going to be a fantastic player for Florida. Um, I am going to miss him because I do think that we could have tapped into a little bit more of his potential because I do think he's a little bit of a stud. Yeah, but didn't Max Max was on the front line for the Canadians, and now he's going to be playing with. Cam and on the second line, starting probably? on the second line with Cam on his right and Nick Foligno on his left. Now, let's talk about that, that line. line. That, that's oh, okay. man. I am, look, boys. I am so looking forward to watching that line. And here's why. Well, okay, let's let's pump the brakes on. No, let's pump, let's let's get into that line. All right, <laughs> that's the second line. Because we're talking about on. Max Domi, might yeah, as well yeah, just yeah, get that's into true. it. So, yeah, let's talk about that line. Nick Foligno on the left, Max Domi down the middle, and Cam Atkinson on the right. Now, in case anybody's forgotten, because it's very possible you might have, Nick Foligno is a 30-goal scorer. So, you know, he made the NHL All-Star team a few years back, actually when it was held in Columbus, I believe. He was on the All-Star team. Uh, The dude's a a player, okay? He can play. Uh, We've seen it happen. The thing is, is it's kind of been absent the past couple of years, especially last year. I think he struggled a lot. He had to play in a little bit different of a role. A lot more of a defensive role. Like I said, we, we kind of closed our game a little bit last year. 
avoided taking some chances, avoiding avoiding getting the puck out of the zone that quick. We 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 hesitate at making that stretch pass, right? At making that stretch pass across the the red line and the blue line. Okay, this year we're probably gonna we're gonna throw the puck up the ice a little bit more, right? Because we know we have Jones, Wierenski, Savard, Gavrikov. Oh my God, I'm gonna talk about Gavrikov. And then we have Merzlikens and Corposalo back there as well, right? So stay on topic, Mr. Locon, behind him, who can take care of anything that if anything messes up, right? But all right, I'm so excited to watch Nick Felino this year, right? Our captain, oh captain, my captain, the man. Let's and uh, time out, pause. Him and his wife. Could you could you love them any more, Janelle Felino? It, it's probably almost impossible for me to love those two any absolute more. I am so in love with that with that couple, Nick and Janelle Felino. First of all, let me just if Nick is listening, right? Nick, if you're listening, because I know you are, this is the most popular Blue Jackets podcast that there is. Um, thank you just for being you. You know, the man donated a million dollars to to Nationwide Children's Hospital. Like that's his, so for a hockey player. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. That's, and he comes out like he'll come out on the ice in like a Buckeye helmet. I, ab- yeah, absolutely. I love the dude. He 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 leans into it. Yeah, you know he well, leans, he's all about it. He knows that this city loves their Buckeyes. He's gonna retire. From only this way, city. only way I ever hate Yarmo is if he gets rid of Nick Fleet. That's it. That's yeah. it. That, that's yep. it. So so Nick's Nick and his wife, their daughter, has a congenital heart condition. She was born with a congenital heart condition. She's had to have multiple surgeries um, on her heart. And so this story has developed. And, and his wife, Janelle, has, has now written a children's book. Jeez, I forget what it's called uh, at the moment. But go out and check out Janelle Felino's new children's book. It's just a children's book for, for children who have heart conditions and are in the hospital. So, and they're, they're raising money and they're, they're selling the, d- donating the proceeds of that book to different kinds of uh, you know heart organizations and, and that's it's just f- so fantastic so i love nick felino i'm gonna love him even more if he gets back to scoring you know some goals i want him to score 20 goals i need 20 goals out of nick felino max domi down the middle of that line i'm excited to get this kid over here you know he's kind of a little guy a little bit but you know he'll punch you right in the fucking face too and that's what i like about him you know you watch him skate he'll throw the bows He'll skate right down up into your chin. He'll get right to the front of the net. So one of my favorite sayings in hockey is like, you want bread, you go to the grocery store. You want gas, you go to the gas station. You want goals, you go to the net. And so that's what he does. He just gets in there, and he fucking gets right in the front of the net, and he he gets those gritty style goals. But he's also full of tons of skill, and I'm so excited to watch him play. Yeah, I am too. It's going to be super exciting with those three on that line. I'm ready for it. Cam yeah. Atkinson. I mean, a big thing with, with what you were saying, Nick Foligno playing opposition, I mean, like, if anybody's just, like, even, like, a casual Blue Jackets fan, like, you watch the, uh, you know, you watch the highlights, and you're like, oh, man, it's usually Nick Foligno getting loose, you know, on a pass, yeah. pass a double blue line, and, like, boom, he, he makes it happen. Candidate for goal, one of the goals of the year last year, he pulls it back through his legs, I believe, against Philadelphia. Um, so, so Janelle Felino's book, I'm sorry, I'm just getting there. It's called Dear Heart, A Letter to My Special Heart. Uh, what a wonderful story. Check it out. Get out there, buy yourself a couple of copies, support a good cause, send it as a gift. Uh, but the right side of this line, right? Cam Atkinson. God, okay. I've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting so long. 
to get behind a microphone and talk about Cam Atkinson. Listen, everything I'm about to say is with complete love, right? I love Cam Atkinson. I have his jersey. I met him at um, Arch City Tavern after a game one night. I was in there eating and having a couple of drinks. And he walks in like David Savard, Boone Jenner. Everybody walks in. And I had just bought his jersey that night at the game. A new one of those new uh, the white ones. And I was fresh. And I was like, oh, man, this looks so sweet. And Cam Atkinson walks in. And I was like, oh, my God. So I went up and asked him for if he would sign it. And he did. And he signed it. And he's just, he's just always been he's, – he's a CBJ lifer. You know, you got to love the man. He represents and loves everything there is about Columbus Blue Jackets hockey. He started his own – you know, indoor kind of sports hockey complex outside of town, trying to grow the youth game. You know, everything that there is to, to say about Cam Atkinson is fantastic. But he's Except been for his play the past. <laughs> yeah, the past year, a, a year and a half. I think as it went into the Boston series, uh, you know, two years ago after we beat Tampa Bay, we ended up, you know, we lost in the second round to Boston there. And yep. I just felt like he had no business being on the ice during that series. And it kind of bled into almost all of the season last year, unfortunately. Uh, let's, you know, I, I just, I, I need, Cam Atkinson's a 30-goal scorer, too. You know, yeah, almost well, sure. damn near 40. I think yeah. he scored 39, you know, a couple of years ago. So, uh, and that was, that was, he scored goals before we had our Temi Panarin. You know, he's been one of our best goal scorers that we've had even before Artemi Panarin. I think the big I think the big thing that you convinced me on with him, because, you know, like like he said, big CBJ guy. Forty one goals in 2018-19. Yeah, you got to love him. But at the same time, like he can't be mediocre. Can't have last year, 12 goals, 14 assists. That just can't happen. No, you need I need 30 goals from Cam Atkinson. That's not even mediocre. Like we can't, we can't even have him be mediocre. We're there's so much allocated and cap to him. Yep. At this point, I mean, it's like what thirteen, fourteen million a year. He's one of our highest paid players. He can't be mediocre. He can't. He can't be the medium. He's got to be our guy. He Absolutely. can't be sitting there on the second line. Right. That's a good. That's a good point. If Cam Atkinson works his way up into the first line this year, then you will know that you know he's probably coming back a little bit because. John Tortorella has also made it very clear to him that he needs to step his game up. And you can just see it in the way that uh, the way that he's carrying the puck. He just doesn't look confident. He doesn't look like – it looks like last year he, he, he kind of lost a little bit of that swagger. He lost a little bit of that confidence that he's always had of being able to carry the puck on his own, make plays, and then fire it and put it in the back of the net. Because, God, I've seen him do it. You know, we've watched him do it for so many years. 21 goals, 22 goals, 27, 35, 24, 41, 12. You know, he had a bad year. He had a bad year, and that's okay. We still love you, Cam. We still love you, but, but man, we need you back. It's time for that bounce back, baby. Bounce back year. We need, I need 30 goals from Cam Atkinson oh, this yeah. year at least. Oh, yeah. And I think Torts is the guy to bring it, bring it to him because yeah, I sure. think demoting, d- demoting yeah. him to the second line is the best thing that ever happened to him. He's going to get to play probably with – a decent front line. I mean, like, that front line's a, a front line for most bad NHL teams, at least. You know, and that's our second line. Yep. Felino, Domi, Atkinson, our second line. We're looking forward to it. Yes. Let's talk about the first line, right? We got Alexander Texier on the left. New, young, up-and-coming stud. 
fresh off a back injury though right like a lingering developed over time something was wrong with his back apparently he's fine yeah i'm not scared about it yeah I, apparently really he's not. he played he, he was playing in a i forget what league he was playing in this fall and early uh, into the early winter and apparently he was he was looking good doing some things i think he had to leave for like a family emergency of some kind um but yeah text Man, do you remember watching him in the playoffs against Tampa Bay, that series we went to where they swept Tampa? By the way, uh, maybe we'll tell the story one of these days on, on the pod as the pod grows popular, but Hooch and I were at game four uh, when we swept Tampa Bay. All-time, one of my favorite uh, you know, sports memories of all time. Bought, bought that ticket actually before we won the three games oh, prior. Oh, sure, yeah. We bought it as soon as they came out. We were like, you want to go to game four? And we're like, we might get swept and we might be watching a sweep, but... Ha! Ha! We did. We did watch we a did sweep. Watch, <laughs> watch a sweep. <laughs> oh, man, I do love bringing that. But Texier, he was, he was so fantastic in that series. The kid is good, okay? I'm excited to watch him on the left side. And then we got PLD down the middle. Man, we saw what he could do in the playoffs last year, especially against Toronto. Man. And he got to put on – he put on a show in front of the hockey world. M- kind of made himself a little bit more of a – a little bit of a household name across the league. I made, I made a stupid comment. I, I asked Logan, can PLD put the team on his back, though? And, yeah. Well, the thing, my argument has always been for Pierre-Luc that he's still young. You know, if we could get him into his and have him play for the Columbus Blue Jackets from the time he's 24 until the time he's 30, you know, those prime years of your athletic career, he could be one of the best players in the league. He's, he's big. He's fast. He's got skill. He can play on the boards. He can shoot. He can pass. He's everything you want in a number one center. Uh, I think he's fantastic. He, hopefully he has himself he's a physical. hell of a year. He's physical. Let's get physical, physical. And, he, and he's really good at passing, too, and that's what's going to be key on this front line with these two sh- sharpshooters on the sides. Yeah, then we have Oliver Bjorkstrand on the right. Man, I remember hearing about this kid as he was coming up out of the Western Hockey League and he was scoring like 70 goals a year a season. I was like, Jesus Christ, who is Oliver Bjorkstrand? Man, he's come into the league as uh, on the right wing of the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's kind of taken himself a little bit to find his footing in scoring goals and, and understanding when and how to play with and without the puck. But last year, 21 goals, 15 assists. He was well on his way to scoring 30 goals too uh, before the season abruptly was cut short. Um, but, man, what a, what a player Oliver Bjorkstrand's going to be for us this and year. And he can score some big ones, boy. He's got a wicked God, wrister. man. Wicked wrister. Well, I, there have been several nights when we needed him. Boom, there he is. Absolutely. I love Whether the way that you put Whether it be the assist or the goal, he, is just, he came through whoo, on some of them big ones of his. He scored from the sideboard from, like, an impossible angle. I forget who it was, but, man, I remember watching him throw that puck in, and I'm just like, wow. Like, there's almost no – like, that goal – takes elite talent to be able to just put that anywhere near where it needs to be. And or to even – or the confidence to even try it. Yeah, like. that's, that's a whole other point. Because if you miss that shot, the puck's going all the way around the boards and out of the zone, right? And he puts it right in the top of the net. Man, what a shot. Miko Koivu is going to center our third line this year, okay? Old-ass Miko Koivu, okay? Now, look, I can't say I'm, like, jumping up and down about it. I'm not like, all right – Hell yeah, Miko Koivu is joining our team. But here's the thing about Miko Koivu, okay? Vet. Veteran in the league who's, who's been an elite player in this league for a long time. 
captain of the Minnesota Wild for a long time. Unfortunately, things didn't end well in Minnesota. And, and, and you know what? We're excited to, to have him back here because him and Yarmo Kekalainen, both Finns, uh, both know each other very well. Apparently, Kekalainen has known Miko Koivu for a very long time and his family. And, and they both think that there's a lot of good hockey left in him to play. So he's big. He's, he's a pro. You know, John Tortor he's a, he's a John Tortorella guy. Him and John Tortorella are probably going to be best friends this year, hopefully. And if I can get 10 goals out of Miko Koivu, my God, okay, right? That's what I'm talking about. That's what we need from that third-line centerman. So welcome to the team, Miko. I'm excited to have you. We're excited to have you here on the Manning the Cannon podcast. Uh, let's move into quickly. Let's talk about the D pairings, right? We got Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, Dunn, and Stone. Probably one of the top defensive pairings in the league Oh, this for year. sure. Yeah, I locked that in. Seth Jones snubbed year after year for the Norris Trophy. Does he does he snag one this year as as best defenseman in the NHL? I gotta I gotta think that he's gonna he's gonna be snubbed again just because it's Columbus and everybody just shits on us. But yeah. uh, you know he's he's primed for another great year. He's always got that chip on his shoulder, and I hope it I hope it continues this year because honestly, dark horse candidate is the other guy on the other yeah, absolutely. side. Absolutely, he actually got more Moritz. votes. I think he got more votes in the Norris Trophy than Seth Jones did yes, this year. Which was, I was like, what in the fuck? But I mean, we watch, we watch every game, and honestly, the people that vote honestly should too. Yeah. But uh, we know who's better, but at the same time, dude, Zach's good. Well, that's the thing is because it's the best defenseman of the year, and that's why I think it, it gets confused a little bit, or people vote on, who are voting on it confuse it a little bit. And that's because Wierenski, man, what a, what a year he had, right? Uh, well on his way to scoring tons of goals as well. Man, Zach Wierenski still with 20 goals, 21 assists last year. The kid's a stud. But that's what they've – That's I feel like that's what they use to analyze or v use on their voting for the Norris Trophy and best defenseman is which defenseman scores the most. Which has the most stats. Right. Oh. And that's – you know, I, I, I argue a little bit differently. You've got to evaluate more of the defense when you're evaluating best defensive player of the year. Now, Zach Wierenski's an excellent defenseman, but, man – you're not getting around Seth Jones, okay? At least not with the puck. So, dude, and, and Savvy Savard, they, oh, just putting his body out there, like it, it, just an unbelievable amount of times. We're sitting there watching these games, and he just lays it all out on the ice. He doesn't care where the puck hits him. Yep. Doesn't matter if he's stopping that thing, he he'll, he'll go for it. God, I love David Savard, one of the league leaders in block block shots. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he, he's just an unreal guy when it comes to stuff like that. And with Savard on that second pairing again this year is one of my favorite additions to this team, uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, the, the the young kid that we that we finally get to see out of uh, Russia, out of the KHL. He's finally over here, and man, did he have himself a rookie campaign! He was phenomenal for us. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. I love when he scores and he does that little yeah, call, you know, me, on call me on my cell phone. Yeah, yeah. But nobody knows who he's calling or what he's actually doing. Doesn't but matter. It doesn't matter. It's amazing. If we could get some more goals out of Gavrikov he's, this year, he's calling up the dub. That's what he's calling. Five calling and for the dub. Five goals, thirteen assists last year. If we could get a little bit more out of him this year, that would be, that would be fantastic. But he was good. Yeah, but look at the blocks and the hits and everything else, man. He was in there. He yep. was in there. Yep. Great defenseman. Great second line. I mean. Defend, defenders are obviously a different position because they play a lot longer than than 
the you know the front lines the the forwards and stuff like that so you know you'll see the 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 first two guys for a long period of time i think seth jones actually uh led the nhl in in time on the ice oh he's well yeah. uh, i mean he was up there he was up there in the top so th- these guys are, are going to be out there but it's nice to have a couple of solid defensive lines yeah. because they take up a, a I mean, lot of ice time yeah We've watched Seth have a ridiculous amount of time on the ice on just single shifts, yep. let alone in full games. Yep. I mean, there were a couple of games in the playoffs that he just Dude, had. they played five overtimes against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right. I mean. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> He's out there for like four hours. Them. Yeah. I was tired watching him. Yeah. All right. Moving on, uh, uh, Cannon crew here. Let's, let's move on. We're talking now about the division. So the divisions have been restructured this year. And let's talk about who we think is going to be good here. So Columbus is playing in what has been deemed the Central Division. Um, and they've got... Which also has a sponsor. I saw this morning that the they Discover. announced that uh, all of the uh, divisions have sponsors. So there's like Scotiabank, Honda. Uh, which, which, who's, who's sponsoring ours? Discover. Discover. Discover Credit Card. I'm going to have to get Central me a Discover division. card now. I can't believe it's not Honda. Yeah. <laughs> Right? It should be. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like I'm back in NASCAR with all these sponsors. Every 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 division is sponsored now, um, but we do have the realignment. Um, looks like in uh, this division realignment, we've got Carolina, we've got us, Blue Jackets, uh, Chicago, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that is that is. Uh, who we've got this year in the division. And we're and only playing those teams. We're only <laughs> playing those teams. Um, they announced actually today start times for each game as well. So that's going to be kind of interesting. But, yeah, we're before, only playing the division this year. Before so. we break into that, since we're only playing the division, how are the playoffs working for the people listening? I have no fucking clue yet. Like, also, I don't think no anybody idea. knows yeah. like, if it's going to be like the top four teams from each division or are we doing kind of how we normally do it with, like, the top three from each division and then the final two s- spots from each conference go to the next two teams who have the top high most points regardless of division? Yeah. So it, you could end up having uh, five teams from one division. Yeah, it's going to make things super interesting with this division realignment, um, especially going into um, not this year but the following year. Um, because I think that they're going to continue on with division sponsorships and things like that. Um, I think that they found another cash cow for them, even when we do get back to fans in the stands and things like that. So I think that we're going to stick with uh, division sponsors and division names and things like that. I think we'll go back to the old style, you know, where we have the Metro and, and things like that. For but, sure. Um, back once we get back to an 82-game season. Um, but, yeah, it'll be super interesting. I think we're all still looking towards to see what happens for the uh, realignment for this season, though. Um, but it's going to be really yeah. interesting. We were talking about um, who's going to bang, who's going to bust for the division. Um, I'm looking at we're going to see what Detroit does, what Florida does. Detroit's going to suck. So, Dude, <laughs> they were not what? – not I love good. every bit of that. They were not on, good last year. I was sure. really going to say on the outside looking in, I like this division way better than the normal. The metropolitan <laughs> division. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, my the Lord. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, we have, of, yeah. we, we have Tampa Bay in there. 
I mean, and they're going to be good again. Obviously, they're 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 probably the favorites to win this year. I mean, again. we beat them Even four without. times in a row once. We can do it again. Yeah. I can see that. No, I, I can <laughs> see that too. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning have to be the favorite here. Even with Nikita Kucherov out, you know, they're they're still going to be all that firepower from behind with Victor Hedman and also everybody they've got up front and and Andre Vasilevsky and Net. Uh, man, they're going to be tough to beat. I just, uh, you know, I, I think everybody's going to pick them first. But then, you know, we dive into who's fini- who's rounding out the top of this league or, or the top of this division. Because I think the Columbus Blue Jackets come into play here when you talk about second place or even third place for the division. I, th- I think they for sure do. Um, at least for me, what I'm looking at, um, Carolina's obviously, I think they're going to be strong. Yeah. Dallas. Obviously, they were. Strong. I think it, I think it's those three teams. Yeah, coming out fighting right. for so Tampa, yep. Carolina, um, and the Blue Jackets. Uh, maybe Nashville makes a push. I think Nashville and uh, Chicago. I think they're gonna kind of butt heads at who may be that fourth. Chicago slot. sucks, man. Chicago's gonna be bad. I think <laughs> this year Jonathan Taves is out. But Ooh, what about Dallas? Dallas, yeah, Dal- Dallas. Yeah, Dallas that's was, what I was saying. Yeah, Dallas, Dallas was on my list. Carolina. And Columbus, for me, battle for that four-three-two spot in this division. Oh, you okay, could yep, sneak. Yep. You could. I think you could sneak Nashville in there. You know, because they're pretty good. Uh, they have a lot of. They've had a lot of success recently in the past, and they have good centermen too. They have Ryan Johansson, uh, Matt Duchesne, who wanted to leave because he wanted to go play his guitar in Nashville and and not play for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Thanks a lot, uh, Matt Duchesne. But we have open mic night in Columbus as well, Matt Duchesne. But they've right. lost they've lost a lot of firepower too. And they've gotten old. Is they, what I feel like. Their goalie is old. Pecorine is old. But he's still so fucking good. It's like it's frustrating. <laughs> it is frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. <laughs> uh yeah, you, you could throw Nashville in there. Uh, okay, so here here's if I'm if I'm if I'm picking, here's here's my top. Tampa Bay. Next, I'm putting the Dallas Stars. Okay. I think that the top, the two teams that played for the Stanley Cup last year, uh, being in our division, while this division overall might seem a little bit, you know, more enjoyable than it's been in the past with the Metropolitan, the addition of two team, the two teams who played for the fucking Cup last year, right? It's still going to be pretty difficult to do. Um, so the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, I, I got those two, t- those two teams at the top. You know, I'm picking the Columbus Blue Jackets to finish third. I, th- I think I think we're going to have a, a pretty good year, man. And, and I'm really excited to watch PLD and Max Domi and Miko Koivu give us that depth that we need down the middle. That that way, Nick Foligno doesn't have to play in the middle. He can stay on the left side. Boone Jenner can play on the wing. You know, and, and I think we're playing a condensed schedule. And I don't. I, I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Carolina has the goalies to play that kind of schedule because I think you're going to – That gonna, tandem? Yeah, that tandem schedule because I don't, I don't think that uh, – who is it? Uh, Peter Mrazek. I mean, like, he's okay. He's mediocre. And then uh, they got another – Their medi- team makes their goalies good, right. I feel like. Right. That's how I feel about the Carolina Hurricanes. They're good because they're fast and they can score, you know. They're, they're not like um, – I don't know. They're, to me, when I think about them, they're not a stingy, defensive, hard to play against team. No, they're 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 kind of they're fast. They're they're they throw the puck up. We're going to outscore you. Yeah, we're going to yeah. outscore you, and hopefully, we're going to hopefully outscore you. 
But, Florida, yeah. But it's going to be, I think that's going to be harder to do with a condensed schedule. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong on that, because, I mean, like, quickness and speed, you know, that, that kind of takes a hit when you're playing every fucking night, <laughs> man. Every other day you're going to play a game, and a lot of back-to-back games in this 56-game condensed schedule. Man, it's going to be a... It's going to be a marathon and a sprint, like, at the same exact time. Because that's a long season still, kind of. 56 games is a lot of games to play in this short amount of yeah, time. Yeah, because they're still condensing it down. But, man, when I when they released our schedule, I'm like, man, we got a lot of hockey coming up yeah. really fast. Yeah. And then it's going to be <laughs> over. Yep. But, man, mm. if it gets us back to a regular start time and regular 82-game season yeah. next year, I'm all for it. I'm you so know, for it. Just I'm, give me just give me some hockey. <laughs> Let's do that hockey. Rounding out the bottom of this division, I'm picking uh Florida, Detroit, and Chicago to round out the bottom of this division. I just I don't see <laughs> unless hey, now listen. Zito as the new general manager down there in Florida or, or in Sunrise, Florida in Miami. Um and the, you know, he's added Alex Winberg. He's added Marcus Nudavara. Um, he knows Sergei Bobrovsky, so there's a lot of the Columbus Blue Jackets that are down there uh, on the Florida Panthers right now. And you know what? If they can figure it out, they they could be good. You know, they could be pretty decent. If Bobrovsky finds his game, if Bobrovsky plays net for the Florida Panthers the way that I watched him play net for the Columbus Blue Jackets for so long, they're going to be good. They're going to be tough to beat anyway. But I, I still think and goaling that, is not something that you just like. Not everybody just loses it. Like they might lose it for a couple of years, but right. the, you can play it till you're way into your late thirties for sure. sure. You can. It's just I feel like it's those are that's hard to find. You know, you've got Mark Andre Fleury right now. You've got Pecorine doing it right now. Uh, as Corey Crawford's grown older for Chicago, he's he's struggled. So that's what about, and that's, what about the Montreal guy? Oh, Carey Price, man. See, he's still he's still pretty good. He he's still really good. That's the thing, but. The thing is, is you'll never convince me that his contract has been worth it. Same thing with Sergei Bobrovsky. That's the thing is, that's why we don't necessarily want or need him right now here in Columbus is because, you know, we've got other guys who actually, first of all, they want to be here. And second of all, we don't really have to worry about paying them $10 million right now. So it just wasn't in the, it wasn't in our books to, to, to pay Sergei Bobrovsky $10 million. And you know what, good riddance. If I was, I was pleasantly, enjoyed last year watching the puck go through his legs multiple times that's oh all, yeah that's all i have to say yeah but if and they don't figure it if he if he sucks again this year i don't see them doing anything in this division yeah. no I mean, way getting, no way they get too much cap when we too when we got to watch elvis too. come in oh i love and elvis like we were all so kind of on pins and needles yes. you know well he was terrible at the beginning of the season and then, he was so bad yeah and then he just came in guns oh, blazing just bang bang stopping uh God, it was like the I I almost just wanted to watch him stop pucks more than us shoot pucks. Yeah. At that point, God, that's man, how I, that, he was so good. That's how I felt about. I'm a goalie guy. Okay, I yeah. don't know what it is. He's a big my goalie whole, guy. My whole life, big goalie guy. I'm a huge. I just it's what I've always enjoyed watching the position. Don't know why. Me and Mr. Locon back in the day used to play some hockey down in the basement, and he used to play goalie all the time. No cup, too. So, dude is a is a damn warrior. Hell yeah! But no, but he would I, he would I take love... he would take one to the coin every once in a while. And he'd be laying there for like 15 minutes, I mean, and, and then and the he'd hop back up, and then he'd hop back up, and be like, "All right, who's next? Yeah, let's do it." 
I just have always watched I've always enjoyed watching goalies play. I feel like the position is so so unique. You have to be such a unique talent to be able to play goalie. Uh we'll talk we'll talk more about this later. Maybe maybe we'll do a pod where I can just tell and argue why I feel like hockey's the greatest sport on the planet. And you know, I can actually f- shed that light on on that because everybody hates me when I get into that that little spiel. It'll be a uh. Facebook live. <laughs> <laughs> uh Man, that's how I felt about watching Bobrovsky play, though. You know, watching Merzlikens last year, I loved the way he played. He's got that swagger to his game, you know. He's confident in the in the net. He comes out fucking eight feet in front of the net, like on any sort of any play. Oh, any he doesn't break. care. Yeah. He's just like, I'm out here. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm center right now, playing center. Yeah, me versus you, bitch. Yep, let's go. Let's go. I, I just love the way he plays. He's... And the, the other thing I love about Elvis is he's just so fun to listen to, and he's fun to – he's got that energy. He, I feel like he loves the, the spotlight, you know. And I just can't say the same about Eunice Corposalo, like in my, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I, w- I mean, if, it was, if we were going to move anybody – Oh, mean, we're doing it. We're doing it now. I love it. Let's jump into it, man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If we're going to move anybody, I don't mind moving Corpy. I think we're going to get a lot better value out of him. And I think that do do I think that Elvis is going to have a bad streak like he did at the beginning of the season? No, yeah. I think every goalie has their games, but I think that the value that we Steaming have hot right now, so hot, it's it's hey, so hot. The value I love that, it though. The value yeah. that we have in Elvis, I I think is massive, you know, yeah. and the value that we can return from Corpy is even bigger. You know? I think you're right. I think if if we were gonna First of all, let me let me state I don't think we should trade our goalies right now. Okay, Bingo. first and foremost. No, yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. Keep them both. Go with my committee. Rotate them. Let's go. It's kind of because of what Hooch mentioned earlier in this condensed fifty-six game season. We need both of them because we're going to be playing. You know, somebody's going to play, and then somebody's going to the next guy's going to play the next night, and that's kind of how it's going to roll because we got to keep them fresh. Well, that was going to be my question to you was do we have another goalie that we think that we could use? Yes. Okay. Matisse Kivlenix, man. Kid's a stud. He's been playing. He's he's a he's a young budding talent. And we have uh, a goalie prospect in currently also in Russia as well. So we have we have another one who's also supposed to be lights out. So I feel like our goalie depth and pipeline is fantastic. And that's why if I was going to move a goalie, if I, if I could get, you know, if I could trade and get a superstar talent and maybe throw in a draft pick. What if they wanted Elvis? <sighs> Got him up against the wall now, I just, boys. I love Eunice Corposalo, okay? He's proven himself to be a fantastic goalie. But if you look at their win percentage last year, Elvis, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets win more games when Elvis Merzlikens is playing, okay? I don't know why. I don't know how or why. Is it, or, be, is it because he played less games? No. Well, Let's look at their win percentage here I mean, real quick. Percentage-wise, I mean. Well, I mean, yeah. like, you have the, I mean, it just depends. In hockey, there's always that, that context that goes with it. Because, right, like, for sure. what games are is Elvis playing aside from what games Corpus saw? Yeah. yeah. But I think that obviously they they have the whole schedule, you know. Okay. So, so they try to plan out like we want Corpy in the bigger games, you know, last maybe, season. Maybe. You know, 
I think after Elvis's performance, what was it at the tail end of December, moving into January, he rode the hot hand for uh, a yeah, while. Yeah, they rode the hot yeah. hand for a while. You know, so it was completely worth it. But Corpusalo got injured, we also, and then we, we, Elvis. But we played Florida on New Year's Eve. You know, so it was yeah, like, wasn't okay, that amazing? Cor- oh. Corpy can, you know, Corpy can kind of sit, and we can rest him there. Because it was Florida. That was Elvis and versus Bob, like first meeting. Exactly. And that was, that, that was, was huge. That game was so awesome. Yeah. Wierenski with his first hat trick. Yeah. Oh my god. It was god. a perfect way to end 2019. Yunus Corposalo, 37 games played last year. 35. I'm sorry. 35 games started last year. 19 wins, 12 losses. Elvis Merzlikens, 31 games started, so four less. 13 wins, 9 losses. I don't have a percentage here. They're almost exactly the same. They're not that far off. Safe percentages, uh, Merzlikens, 0.923, Corposalo, 0.911. So Corposalo, a little bit lower save percentage there and a little bit higher of a goals against average at 2.6 to Merzlikens' 2.35. He's got a little bit better of of a statistical profile, and he's got this swagger, and the team – I just feel like the team plays better with him in goal. I don't yeah, know what it is. I, I mean, I just love it. Like, he comes out and, I don't know, may, maybe it's just the media and the internet and things like that, like showing off Elvis's helmets and things like that and his pads his, a lot more. His name is Elvis, too. Yeah, like, right, oh and God. his name's Elvis. So there, there, there's just that that just comes with it, and it just makes it that much sweeter when he does win. Then we get, you know all the Elvis stuff, and maybe I'm just feeding into it. Him you know, jumping in by the Nick time, Foligno's arms, yeah. you know, like the hug has turned into Elvis jumping into Nick Foligno's arms. Right. Like he's taken Bobrovsky's, Bobrovsky and Foligno's hug and a- kept it amp- the same. Yeah, but he you know, Sticking it. with a little bit of the tradition, but adding his own little it, right. flair to exactly. it. Exactly. It's just, I, I, love it. I just love it. I, okay. I have a little bit of a, of a man professional crush on Elvis Merzlikens. Oh, okay? he for it's sure just, does. Yeah. He's just been my favorite. He's been my favorite player to watch last year, and I think he's going to have a good year. Oh yeah, for so, sure. Yep. I'm really looking forward. Yep, to watching. Totally agree on that one. All right. I love I love the Elvis talk. So I love I, Elvis. I, I can talk about <laughs> watching him go forever. through it. So, anyways, we got through the divisions. We got through everything else. What do we got next? Hot ice. <laughs> Hot ice. <laughs> That's right. Hot ice. I heat up the ice cubes. It's the best of both worlds. Break my. Oh, man. Rookie of the year. So, okay. hot ice. This is going to be us giving our hot takes on the NHL season. Blue Jacket season. Let's go. Coming at you nothing but hot takes, okay? So, here's my first one. Uh, I want to have some fun with this. I think it's going to be fun, but they're, they're, I'm going to try to, you know, give we'll, – we'll, I'll say it, and then we'll, I'll give some reasons to, to, to give it some validity, hopefully. But if Cam Atkinson scores 40 goals this year, okay, the Columbus Blue Jackets win the Stanley Cup, okay? If – if, and here's, here's why I say this. Here's my reasoning behind this. If Cam Atkinson's scoring for us, okay, first and foremost, that's just going to bleed over into everybody else on, on our entire team looking up and being like, look, man, there's one of our leaders. You know, here's the leader of our team, almost one of them, and he's doing it. You know, I need to be doing it too. It's going to push everybody else. And we're, I feel like if Cam's scoring goals, we're going to rack up the points this year, and that's what we need. We need Domi putting in some goals we need Texier Bjorkstrand Felino, Atkinson Jenner Jenner's a 30 goal scorer you know we need those guys to put the puck in the back of the net and we've had so much trouble doing that and I feel like if our stars 
if, if Cam Atkinson can come through for us this year and give us a hell of a season, we have a real shot at, at bringing home the cup to, to Columbus this year. For sure. I, I mean, it obviously it starts with our core, um, and I think that's going to elevate everybody else. I think it's going to elevate Domi. Um, a guy that I hadn't that we hadn't touched on yet um, was uh, Grigorenko. Yeah, Mikhail, <laughs> twenty six years old. You know, he had started out. He was drafted. Um, he went back overseas and played, and then uh, he's we, been in the KHL yeah, for three been, years. Yep, three years in the KHL. We're giving him the shot back here in the NHL. Um, but twenty six year old center, I think he gives us that depth. Um, man, I honestly, I was watching some tape on him and. I'm not normally the tape guy, uh, <laughs> but, man, he looks smooth. His one-timers, oh, man. He's got skill. His one-timers. And literally, him in I front of the net. I can't believe we hadn't talked about him yet. Right. Thank you for bringing him Him, in, him in front of the net, like you were saying earlier, you want goals, you go to the net. Yep. Man, I, watching him in front of that net and just the highlights and things like that and some of his tape that I've watched – Oh, I'm ready for that. I, I, I what's, think he's, what's your what's your hot ice? My my hot ice is that he he scores a t- plenty of goals in a lot of assists <laughs> for us this year. I love it. Fuck yeah. Enough <laughs> enough to make a name for himself. You didn't even know who he was. He, but back, you're he has a comeback year. Comeback player right, of the yeah, year. How about I, yeah, that? Hey, I, I hot ice take. Mikhail Gregorinko. Yeah. Comeback player of the year yeah. in the NHL. Like I think they're going to talk about him more than a lot of other guys. Um, the trouble I, is finding space for he's him. He's going right to be a now. pillar. Well, I I think they had him yesterday. I think he was um, on the third, on third line. line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think he's going to be a solid staple in that third line. You know. So I really hope you're right. I, I hope that he yeah. has a fantastic I, season because you know he's 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 pro- trying to prove himself. Like, yep. hey man, I can play in this league. And yeah. He's coming with a chip on his shoulder. And we got him on what a one year deal. Yeah. You know. Very low money as far as salary goes. Man, if we get a couple, you know, what, 10 goals out of him, something like that, I, I, I think he's worth his weight in gold at that point. I think you're right. You man. know? I, I'm really looking forward to watching him. He's 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 got so much skill, and you can really kind of put him anywhere. I'm excited to watch him on the power play because God knows we need somebody to do something on that power play. My God. One of the worst in the NHL. Anybody. For like two years straight. Please, anybody do something on the power play. Max Domi's hoping to do something on the power play, too. And I'm excited to watch that. All right. That's true. Quit giving away my hot eyes because I didn't even have anything wrote down. (laughs) Mine's Max Domi. And he's going to make his way into the Blue Jackets' first line. I think he's going to knock Pierre-Luc Dubois out. Oh, I like it. Oh, yes. That's going to cause some – it's causing some healthy competition either way. Them two going head to head, one hundred percent. And I think that I think the power play is the number one thing. I think that him and Pierre are going to be in there together, <laughs> in the power play. But at the same time, I think he's going to make his way into the starting lineup this year. I think I think it's going to be Max. Okay, I like that take. That sounds like a lot of fun. He, I hope he does because that means he is performing. Yeah, Holy it really does. Smokes, or it means PLD is sucking ass. Well, which, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go with the former, yeah. former, yeah. former on that. Yeah, please do not let that happen. I uh, just hope. That, I just hope that they're both performing so well, but Domi is just. Bridges and ladders ahead of him. My last hot ice take that I want to give is by the end of the season, and this might not be that, that hot. I don't know. Let's see. By the end of the season, Elvis Merzlikens will take over the starting goaltending job. Like, the job will be his, and we're going to push, and we're going to make a nice little run in the playoffs. Like, I see him having this sophomore year that's like the opposite of a sophomore slump. 
because of his attitude and the way he plays. He comes out so confident, comes out, he sees the puck so well. Ever since he's come into the league, this league where he plays on a smaller ice surface, he had some trouble adjusting to it. But now I feel like it's benefiting him because he understands and can understand that there's le- there's not as much there's not as much area for the puck to come from. Like he can, he, he can be more aggressive. Yeah, he's he knows where the puck is and he can see it just so well. And I just I love watching him play. My hot take: Elvis Merzlikens pushing himself up into that you know upper echelon of the goalies this year and grabbing and starting and, and taking over the starting job in Columbus. I love it. Yep, I love it too. All right, all right, boys. Are you guys going to miss Alex Winberg? Are you going to miss Marcus Nudevara? No. I'm going to miss Alex Winberg, and I'm going to miss Marcus Nudevara, just to, especially Nudevara, and Ryan Murray. My God. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with all this stuff, guys. When, if you're listening, right, you're like, man, we, we got rid of Winberg. We got rid of Nudevara. We got rid of Ryan Murray. Some of these guys who have been cornerstones on our team for a long time. Nudevara had such a, a promising an up upcoming, you know, he was he was going to be such a good player for us. Alex, for whatever reason, it didn't necessarily pan out with Winberg. I just feel like him down in Florida. Maybe maybe he figures something out. I, I don't I don't know. But Ryan Murray, man, what a what a talent too. First round draft pick for us. Just what a stud. Um, I, I'm gonna miss him. But let me reassure everybody here that I feel like our team is better this year. Right? I feel like I feel like we just don't have to keep waiting. Okay, we don't have to just keep waiting for it to happen. Like, okay, it just never happened. Yeah, you know, I yeah, hope I hope he on. goes. I hope like Anthony Duclair goes somewhere else. He's and, starting on the first line right now in Florida. They signed him to a deal, and they're going to give him a real shot. Who's that? Anthony Duclair. Yeah, because he had a hell yeah. of a year in Ottawa last year. He he played. He had a great year in Ottawa. I yeah, thought yeah, he yeah. had a great yeah, year for us year. too. Yeah, yeah so know, did I. He he played pretty well. Had an all-star season last year in Ottawa on a one-year deal, and he's like, who wants to pay me, baby? Yep. All right, Florida, I'm coming. I'm going to try to score some goals for you. Uh, quick question, now that I'm thinking about it, and I'm several beers deep. Uh, Dubinsky, what, uh, do, you, do you have anything on him? What, what's he's the word? done, man. He's done. He's We're, just done. He's not playing hockey anymore. As a player? Okay. Yeah. That's all I need. We have him on the payroll. Still right. at the moment, I do believe we have not moved his contract to long-term okay. IR. But okay. once we do, that'll clear up actually a lot even some more cap space for right, us yeah we'll have to pay him for the remainder of his contract but it does not go against That's our cap i just wanted to clear that up because i figure there will be at least a few people we've been thinking about that for god knows how long yeah um but yeah you gotta That's love brandon dubinsky too man uh, yeah you gotta love, I love that kid yeah it's too bad you gotta love him as a columbus blue jacket gets traded here from the new york rangers right he's gone through it the opposite way that some people do right yeah. Same thing with that kind of happened with Jack Johnson, guy who was playing for Los Angeles, right? Another and gets traded to Columbus, Ohio, right? And they make their their themselves a home here, and they they lean into it, and they really enjoy their time here in Columbus. He's he's a he was a Brandon Dubinsky, a, a solid option, uh, always down the middle of the ice. He's always been tough to play against. He's fighting Sidney Crosby every time he plays him, so he's always gonna have a special place in my heart. Um, man, you know, you got to love Brandon Dubinsky and everything he's done for the town, everything he's done for this club. Uh, we wish him well, but he's, he's going to be done. All right. Good question, man. Yeah. I just, he's, he's kind of always on my mind, you know, so 
Um, what do we want? What do we want to get to next? I only have like one more thing that I kind of yeah, want to touch I, I mean, on. I don't have because we've kind of touched on everything else here. Yeah, I really I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts. We had talked about it uh, off pod about eight p.m. to seven p.m. starts. I know personally for me, I don't. I mean, an hour difference isn't really that huge of a deal for me. I luck out and I don't have to be at work super early. Yeah, and I'm normally drunk by the end of the game anyway. <laughs> so eight to As seven we p.m. All are. Is not that big a deal. Um, the was it the eighteenth? We play at noon. I'm gonna have yeah. to call off on that day. MLK Day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're we're at Detroit, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Start off with two in Nashville, then two in Detroit. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, we didn't touch on the schedule. We can. There's nothing the schedule, much to talk the, about. It's condensed. Yeah, There's a lot of games. It's condensed. There's and it's the no same games eight teams. On but they're gonna. But they're gonna do that. Uh, they're gonna do that matchup, right? Where yep. they, where two, they basically like two. Lots of lots of two and twos. Yeah. Even f- even some stretches, I think there's a stretch in here where we play Carolina four times in a row. They're doing it the right way. They're limiting travel. Limiting travel, yep. absolutely. Yes. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, to start the season, not a lot of hangover on that. Two in Nashville, two in Detroit, and including a noon game on Monday the 18th. Then where we finally kick it off at home, against which it Tampa won't be Bay, the same baby. against Tampa Bay. Um, I know that uh, me and Ethan, uh, my own roommate, we actually had season tickets for this season, oh. and uh, we don't get to enjoy those now. That's so. my thing. With uh, As a former season ticket holder, here's my argument for why I do feel like an 8 o'clock start time is so much better than a 7 o'clock start time. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into this just from a fan's perspective of actually going to the game, I will say. It does have to do with going to the game. Maybe not so much if you're watching it on TV. The hour difference, eh, whatever, right? But when you're going to the game, you get off work, most people, right? You get off work at 4 at the, like, earliest. Right. Some people get off work at 3, okay? A lot, even more people get off work at 5. 5, 6 o'clock. 5, 6-ish, right? You get down to the arena. It's packed, Everywhere's packed. Oh, it's not, yeah, it's you packed. can't really. It's an hour and a half wait at Boston's across yeah. the street. You can't really go anywhere for a while. You kind of got to go to the game if you're there. If you're off work at five. Now, I see. I used to live down there, and I'd be able to walk. But even so, I'd get, if I got off work at five, you know, I get I get down to the arena at six. I still only have about an hour to yeah. to consume alcoholic beverages. Right. Yeah. Right. What about what about if the game starts at eight, man? Yeah. How much more fun is that as a fan going oh, to a game? Because sure. well, you're still out at ten thirty and, and you can still go to bed. Yeah. But yeah. I'm saying if you like if you're down there and you in the in the city and you live around there, right? I, f- I feel like eight o'clock is is leaps and bounds better than seven o'clock. Oh, for sure. If you live down there. Now I'll tell you, me and Ethan went to I think twelve or thirteen games last season. Um and driving it was a, about 45-plus minutes by the time we got down there. Uh, with those 7 o'clock starts and things like that, you get down there, you get parked. You know, you want to go get some grub beforehand. Boston's was always packed, you know. So you walk up to Boston's, and you're like, yeah, there's no way we're getting a table and food and paying before puck drop, you know. Yeah. So it was yeah. like, all right. So we just went down to our bar, things like that. Uh, the 8 o'clock start would be cool because – you know, we had a pretty good schedule of what time we got off work on games that we went to. So that's not bad. I mean, it's just different this season. So. Yeah, it's different. And I'll, and I'll be clear, though, only the time that the games are going to start, obviously, at 8 o'clock, is when we're playing at a team in the Western, you know, or in the 
uh, central time zone. For instance, when we play Correct. like at Chicago or at Nashville or at Na- – uh, I think that's it. Or at Dallas. That's right. Some of these games are going to start at 8. But I'm a, that's just a side little argument I always like to – an interesting point I like to make is I always wish that – I think I think games should start at 8, like in the eastern time zone, in the in all local times because I just feel like it would be so fun if I was going to the game to have that extra hour to, to enjoy myself before the game. But that being said – Excellent. I have one final question. We need, we got one burning question that we've left. Probably the most important one on oh, our for sure. on our yeah. list. Yep. Because um, we've been talking CBJ hockey, and how can you not bring this up? Is CBJ no longer going to be sponsored by Papa John's this year? Uh, Jets Pizza is coming in as the official pizza sponsor of the Columbus Blue Jackets. I've never had Jets Pizza. Tour says he's had Jets Pizza. I want to break down. Give me the stats of Jets Pizza. What's going on with the crust? What's going on with the cheese and the sauce? Tell so, Tour likes his pizza. I yeah, also I enjoy love, my pizza. I, I do love my pizza. I, love I have pizza. pizza several times a week. We um, like pizza. So, it's been a long time since I've morning. had Jets Pizza. We like pizza. <laughs> it was back back when I lived up in the old Michigan. So, it wasn't very long. Um, but I did have Jets Pizza a few times. Um, and as far as I remember, now I have had several beers at this point tonight uh, pretty thick crust delicious thick crust. delicious it's pizza that detroit though. style pizza right yeah. like it's kind of yeah square big and square yeah thick, big square thick, thick, crust. thick crust crunchy crust too, yeah right? yeah real thick and crunchy delicious every time i had it um would i pick it over papa john's no absolutely oh. not okay i am a papa john's if I could die hard, if I could open a Papa John's tomorrow, listen, if you own a Papa John's franchise and you would like to open a franchise in Belfountain, Ohio, Hit call me, up. call me. I will open a Papa John's in Belfountain, Ohio. Um, I am a Papa John's loyalist. If my options are Papa John's or anything else, maybe besides Cousin Vinny's, I'm taking Papa John's every time. I just could see, not I, see more. Papa John's is actually oh, on my like least favorite, like top three least favorite, like them, like Little Caesars. And something else. Don't do little, ever I'll put do them little in Caesars. Same category. I'll definitely do Little Caesars before Papa We're gonna have John's. a fight on the pod. Bingo. Tonight. We're fighting. <laughs> we're, we're locking up fists on that why, one. Though, with Little fighting. Caesars, it's like it's okay. It's pretty good. But I can walk in there with a five dollar bill and two seconds later walk out with a large pizza. Have a piece of cardboard. Maybe two. Maybe two <laughs> seconds. Maybe have two seconds. Have a piece second. of cardboard. Yeah, that's I'm that's Donato's. Papa John's. That's, that's the same thing Donato's. as Papa John's. I don't know why. Why can't it go back to Donato's though? That's like, actually why is that, that was gonna be my thing. next thing. It's why like, don't we just partner back with Donato's? Okay, okay so tour Donato's is better than Papa John's. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> don't ever get me twisted. Because Donato's pepperoni pizza is the, probably the best. Supreme. Okay. That is, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think that cures a lot of like. Like yeah, illnesses, it'll, it'll, it'll like yeah, it's it's delicious. Yeah, I just it's don't def- know why that why Donato's. that doesn't. It's I'm sure it's obviously something with money, but that anytime it has to do anything with that kind of stuff, that's over my head, and I don't because I don't understand how yeah, business we'll, works. Yeah, we'll let the front office. So, anyways, so Jets Pizza, are they gonna have a Felino favorite? Ooh, I don't. They, they're gonna I, have to have they, something. They're gonna yeah. They're gonna bring it. Up. How many Felino's favorite jokes <laughs> do you think were made? In the Columbus Blue Jackets dressing room over the course of... I would have took the over, over. regardless. Hard over, hard over on that one. (laughs) That is... So many jokes could have arisen from that in the locker room. I just wish... I hope they continue continue the, are you sure about that joke? With Jets. (laughs) I hope literally it's just the same commercial, except they're in a Jets pizza place. As he... 
You sure and he about goes, that? Are you sure about that? <laughs> I just want that to continue. That's the only thing I ask, and that's it. I mean, that's that'll be my favorite thing is as long as they continue that joke. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to us uh, here at Man in the Cannon, the official fan pod of the Columbus Blue Jackets, coming at you live from the D-Gen Den. As always, I'm Mr. Locon signing off for the night. We'll see you later, boys. Hey, make sure you give us a follow. We're going to create a, a Twitter page. We're going to yep. get all our shit on there. Absolutely. And uh, uh, follow Mr. Locon. At Mr. Locon. Follow Tour. Uh, Who knows what whatever, the hell he is. Just look up Tour. It'll come up. Yep. I promise. At Tour underscore Cummins. <laughs> and uh, you got me. You got Hooch. You got at QB wins. But anyways... How many Z's are in that QB win? A lot of them. Okay, there's you'll several find, Z's. You'll find it. Put one Z in after QB win, <laughs> and you'll find him. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. Go Jackets. Sign out. Go Bye. Jackets, baby. See ya. <laughs>